Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 240 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network and the Alternative Football Network. Uh, We're here with another CFL off-season roundtable with lots of news from the past week to discuss. We've got a trade, some notable signings, and a few big-name releases from around the league. We'll talk about those all here tonight. Uh, Ryan here alongside Adam and Trey. Uh, first up, uh, Adam, how are you doing this fine evening? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, another week of the CFL and as the great Bob Cole would say, everything is happening. So gotta do another one of these. Trey, how you been doing today? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Can't wait for those, uh, princess auto giveaways. Maybe it's something, I don't know, whatever they do, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, I guess it's a good time to tell everyone. We tried. We tried to get the rights, uh, the Canadian football countdown field. Uh, but, uh, you know, Wade Miller said uh, he couldn't do it. The numbers just didn't work out. So, yeah. Well, we just got to wait for Mosaic Stadium to be Yeah, open. Mosaic. Or we can wait 10 years when the Princess Auto deals up. But I'm sure we'll still be around, you know. If there's ever an expansion team, finally, we'll, we'll get the naming rights for that stadium, right? Uh, no, that will be the Kevin Glenn Stadium. Uh, after they'll name it after him after they select him in the expansion draft, like 20 years from now, just Kevin Glenn and a Walker. There goes Adam. Adam. Adam had enough. Two minutes into this, he didn't like my joke. He didn't like my suggestion. He's gone. Uh, and he's back. Right. I got musical chairs here. Now I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm the, it's a tray sandwich here. Like it. Sure. Let's go with that. Go with that, yeah. <laughs> is that the food talk to kick off the episode this week? Yeah. I guess it is. There we go. Uh, the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV. You can learn more at GameTimeTV.ca or Facebook.com slash GameTimeTVMB. Uh, check out our Discord community as well for any additional uh, content chatter we've got going on there lots of cfl talk leading up to free agency uh going on there in nfl playoffs well underway as well link is in the episode description free to join the discord if you'd like to join us there uh and before we go any further we do want to acknowledge that the canadian football countdown is brought to you from treaty one territory traditional territory of the anishinaabe cree ojakri dakota and dene peoples and the homeland of the metis nation as well as from Treaty 4 territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Before we get into the news here, a quick reminder, we are three weeks away from the start of CFL free agency, which means we are also three weeks away from our big annual eight-hour CFL free agent frenzy live stream special, February 13th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time. Adam's stretching, getting ready already, getting loose. Uh, we will be live for eight hours of coverage of all the news and everything as it unfolds. Uh, and we'll have, an, uh, hopefully, a number of special guests uh, joining us along the way. There should be a lot of fun. So we hope you hope you join us for that for the fourth year in a row as a leading uh, source of uh, coverage of CFL free agency. Yeah, should be exciting. Oh, yeah, Speaking I'm ready, boys. Speaking of CFL free agency, let's get into uh, a lot of the news this week that's been leading up to it. We're going to kind of go team by team here, I think, uh, because there is some news from every team around the league. Let's start with uh, a team that has been very, very active 
this week after being very quiet uh, before that, which is the Ottawa Red Blacks, uh, who about one day, less than less than 24 hours after Trey and I last week on the show talked about uh, the potential of Drew Brown most likely going to the Ottawa Red Blacks and the, him, them being the best fit for Dominic Rhymes. Both of those have happened. They have traded for Drew Brown, uh, I believe a fifth-round pick going back to the Bombers. Uh, sounds like Drew Brown, according to Farhan Lalji and uh, among others, is in Ottawa signing a contract currently, likely for two years with the Red Blacks. Uh, they bring in Dominic Rhymes after he was released by the BC Lions. Uh, I think a two-year deal there. I want to say the number was 195000 or something like that. Uh, for this year for Dom Rhymes, uh, and then also a busy day and a, a bit for them here with re-signing wide receiver Braylon Addison, a couple of defensive linemen, Lorenzo Malden the fourth, uh, Bryce Carter, and then uh, I believe linebacker, if I'm not mistaken, Tyrone uh, Vrede. Uh, so a busy, busy week here for Ottawa. Let's start with the Drew Brown news for them. Uh, Trey, we kind of talked last week that this was inevitable. Uh, but uh, what do you think about the, the trade from uh, Winnipeg to Ottawa here? Yeah, we're lucky we're recording this like three or four days after it happened because I would have had some more choice words. But yeah, it was the logical thing. The Bombers, even though I pray to Jesus and the Easter Bunny every night for it, they weren't going to get rid of Caleros over Drew Brown, right? So it, it is what it is. You're going to go with the two-time MOP, Taylor Swift's friend. You know, you're going to go with Zach Caleros, um, who you're paying, what, five, six 600000 a year. And, you know, yeah, watch him throw for 100,000 yards this year. Um, so it makes sense from that perspective. Drew Brown's going to fit in well. Dominic Rimes is there. Th- th- kind of overnight, did we just kind of see Ottawa get kind of good? Like, too, you know what I mean? Like, they, they, they on paper anyway – that East is interesting. Um, Toronto, there's talk about with every – they've lost a fair bit um, of coaching and stuff. You never know how that's going to go. Hamilton, we're not really sold on Bo. And sure, Montre- Montreal might still be decent, but you never know with that East. So Ottawa really put themselves finally – so we're, in uh, January, with the, we're recording this January 23rd. Is that the day? They're looking okay on January 23rd, and I can't imagine they're going to look that much worse by February 13th. Adam? Yeah, I think that they finally got their quarterback that they needed. If it is Drew Brown, uh, we've seen this, though, before, that they bring in quarterbacks and end up being duds and backup quarterbacks in that case. I I hope this isn't the case. I mean, I still got Arbuckle. Uh, that tasted in a, in a guy's mouth. That didn't work out for him. Uh, I mean, we've seen other guys in there. Uh, Franklin, I think he was in an Ottawa Red Black, was he? I think it was Toronto he went to. But uh, – same thing didn't work out in the end so it, you're kind of taking a little bit of a gamble here if you're the Winnipeg or if you're the Ottawa Red Blacks a fifth round pick again I always say in the CFL it don't matter where you pick as long as you're picking in the CFL draft because a fifth round pick could turn out to be a raw bay uh it could be somebody better yet uh so I it, it's a little bit of a gamble for the for the Ottawa Red Blacks they had to do something no in, in the quarterback situation and I do like it. I do like Drew Brown. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. Uh, he's had a few years now sitting behind Zach Kalaros, uh, learning all about uh, Travis Kelsey and uh, Jason Kelsey, uh, what they were when they were in college, how great of a players they were, uh, and maybe also a little bit about how to be a quarterback. So 
I think it'll be a good move for the Ottawa Red Blocks in the end. I hope it will be anyways. Uh, but yeah, they definitely improved. I mean, Dominic Rhymes, uh, Drew Brown, all of those are going to help this Ottawa Red Block team. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you a little bit. Of I, I'm skeptical. I love Drew Brown, and I hope he succeeds, and I want him to succeed in Ottawa, but I do have a bit of trepidation uh, there for the same reason. Oh, that's um, a big word for Elmo. Prediction <laughs> <laughs> it is. Oh, I, know, I, was, I was proud of myself Let for pulling me just that one pull out. Let uh, <laughs> Webster and or well here and you guys continue. Sorry, I I was debating whether I uh, was using it correctly as I was saying it. So hopefully I did. Uh, but uh, oh yeah, yeah, you're close. Okay. Yeah. What what's the definition? What's... Uh, the feeling of fear or adulation about something that may happen. Yeah. So yeah. my fear is that it's not going to work out in Ottawa for the same reason the, of all the guys Adam listed there. Uh, where often it's a question of we, we haven't seen a ton from him. We saw some games, and he looked great in those games. How much of that is raw talent? How much of it is a byproduct of playing with a really good offensive line and a great offensive system with a lot of talent around him, right? So now that he goes over to Ottawa, I, I'm not sold on moving Ottawa up my rankings quite yet. I think they need to improve their offensive line a ton from last year because Crum had potential. He just had to run for his life every single uh, play. Uh, and I think maybe they need another receiver still. Then that could be a guy like Dalton Schoen, who is apparently best friends with Drew Brown and might be able to to lure him over to Ottawa. I think they have a decent receiving core to start. Like right now we're looking at Rhymes, Addison, Jalen Acklin, uh, Nate Bahar, and Justin Hardy is a pending free agent, but let's say they are able to bring him back. Like That's a pretty solid core. But there's a lot of injury question marks and downward trend question marks there that I'm not fully sold on Ottawa's offense here so far. Uh, but I do like the pieces they brought back on defense here as well. And I really like the Dom Rhymes addition there to Ottawa. And I think it's a steal they got for him there uh, because uh, the, the contract size, I believe, yeah, I'm trying to find the numbers on it, uh, but I thought it was somewhere around 195 that uh, he was getting from Ottawa. And I think originally he was going to make like somewhere in the 230s with BC, and they asked him to take a pay cut. So that must have been a significant pay cut they asked him to take. Uh, and I'm surprised this that Rhymes didn't get more on the market. But, uh, you know, I returned to Ottawa where he's been before. I believe maybe he has some roots over there. Uh, in the nation's capital as well. So I really like that addition for them. Uh, and I hope the Drew Brown one works out. Yeah, absolutely. I think it probably, uh, you're definitely adding a nice piece into there for an inexperienced quarterback, right? I mean, with Dominic Rhymes, he's been in the CFL. He knows what's going to go on. Uh, and you're right, at 195, I think that's a very good deal for, I know it is an American receiver and you do have quite a few of them out there. Uh, and there is a lot in free agency that will be out there. You said one, Dalton Schoen. Uh, but this is a team that's also going to lose a guy that I think they were re- relying on a lot last year in Shaq Evans uh, to be that number one receiver at first. But the injuries, again, with Ottawa last year, that was a big issue. So uh, a guy like uh, Dominic Grimes that was playing pretty consistent in BC, uh, looked really good in times. I think that's a big pickup for the Ottawa Red Blocks. And, yeah, it'll... I think the the bit that it'll help a uh, inexperienced quarterback or a quarterback that's used to playing with some really good receivers, uh, that definitely would help. And uh, I still think they need one or two more pieces, though, for the receiving core because you're right. Injuries do happen, and 
Ottawa seems to be the victim of quite a few of them lately. What a logjam at quarterback, though, now in Ottawa, too, by the way, right? Like, Drew Brown joins Jeremiah Mazzoli, Dustin Crum, uh, Tyree Adams, Nick Arbuckle, uh, Terrell Pigrome, uh, all in that room. Like, somebody's getting cut. A couple of guys are getting cut there, and uh, I'm interested to see how that works out. Maybe that adds a couple more pieces into the kind of pot of free agents as another one is taken off of the, uh, the quarterback market here. A uh, quick question for you guys before we move on from Ottawa related to that is, is we're really thinning out the quarterback market. I mean, Ottawa seemed like the team that was most likely to look for a starter and Drew Brown was the biggest name. Not a ton of guys left. Which of these? So we're probably looking at backup, maybe 1B slots. Which of these guys would you most want on your team if I list them off here? Uh, let's see. Nick Arbuckle is a free agent. You have to think maybe Ottawa's not going to bring him back now. Kyle Oxley, kind of that quarterback-wide receiver hybrid. Matt Schiltz is a free agent from Hamilton. Uh, Dakota Prukop is still out there. Jake Dolagala is still out there. Uh, Tommy Stevens, my list might be outdated. I feel like they re-signed him in Calgary. I don't think he's out there anymore. Um, Dominic Davis, and that rounds out the list there. Uh, let's go to you first, Trey. If the, any of these names excite you if you're looking for a backup? You know, I guess Chris Strebler and Taylor Cornelius are the other two uh, potentially out there on the list that weren't on the initial free agent list. Um, yeah, I would definitely, now it's Winnipeg, I would look at Strebler. Um, if not, I would definitely try to get Prukop back too. Um, I guess a guy, both those guys would know the system and it wouldn't be completely like, you know, anything new. I thought Kyle Loxley would be an interesting one. I kind of mentioned it last time you and I were on talking together too, because I kind of liked how he had his uh, that dual position kind of thing. Anyone else? So I know you're more. You've been more high on Cornelius. I mean, I mean, I guess he might take a backup role because he still has a guaranteed contract, right? That's paying out or however it works. So maybe he will take a pay cut to be a backup somewhere. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, I definitely think. I think any team within reason would want Chris Strebler to some degree. It's hard to say, Adam, get over yourself. It's hard to say no to anyone with NFL experience. doesn't matter what team they played for. It doesn't matter what team they played for in the NFL. He got more playing time than Aaron Rodgers did, you know, this kind of thing. So I, I think uh, I would definitely take a look at him. Um, Adam, what do you got, man? Yeah, I think your backup oh. is your backup's all fine, though, isn't it, in Saskatchewan? We'll get to that, but uh... – <laughs> You know, I was going to bring up when you're saying NFL quarterbacks that anybody would want. We brought one in. We brought in Vince Young. Where did he yeah. go? Yeah. Don't forget also about Michael Bishop. We sent him down mm. the road as well. Anyways, um, no, if I was looking at any of these backups that are in the CFL right now to play the CFL game, I mean, the one with most experience right now is Jake Dolgala. I mean, he played a lot of uh, starting reps. He didn't have a great team around him, yet he did have moments that he showed that he could maybe do something. So... You know, you put a good team around him, put a proper old line in front of him, he might be okay. Uh, as a backup, I wouldn't say as a starter by any means. Uh, I'd still say if any quarterback ever came back right now, uh, I'd love to see Nathan Rourke back. But I was going to ask, is he, a, is he a thousand percent with New England next year? 
Do you think? I or? don't think I don't think he comes back to the CFL next year. I think he does one more year bouncing around the NFL. He's gonna try it, yeah. One more year, I would think. But you never know what the new right coach in New England now, too. You never know what might happen. It yeah. was a one year contract, right? He's done right now, but okay. he'll get signed by something. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. Uh but nevertheless, and also NFL contracts don't end until I think after the Super Bowl. So so like free agency. Well, yeah, they're free, yeah, their free agency is until April. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, it's a little ways away. But uh yeah, it was only one year contract for Nathan Rourke. But um yeah, really out of all those, I mean, like I say, Drew uh Drew Brown was probably one of the better ones on the list there for a while, and he's gone now. Uh like I say, Jake Dolagal is on the list. I think he probably would be okay. Kyle Loxley is an interesting one just because he can play play two positions as he want to. Seems to be game to do whatever it is to make the feet team. So he might be an interesting pickup as well. Uh, but overall, yeah, it's pretty thin in the backup quarterback era uh, of the CFL right now. I don't think there's really a whole lot that anybody would say, yeah, let's put somebody in and throw them in and let's play them. Would you guys Mike. almost rather get like a random <clears throat> rookie American at this point? Like, you know what I mean? At this point, take the take the mystery box and and see what you get, right? Well, here here's what I would probably do: is Matt Chilt is my guy because if I'm looking yeah. for a backup, because he is the veteran presence and been around this league a whole time. He he's got more starting opportunities the last couple of years. I think he's a guy that if your starter gets injured, like you can still play decent ball with, with Matt Schultz at quarterback uh, the rest of the season there, if need be. So I'm probably taking a look at him and then trying to, yeah, grow one of those, uh, you know, future stud quarterbacks uh, as a third string option, for example. That's a, so if I'm looking for a veteran piece, it's probably Schultz for me. Uh, if I'm looking for maybe, you know, developing a strong backup, yeah, I think Jake Dolagawa showed a bit of promise here and there last year and i all y'all hate me for it i don't think taylor cornelius I, I i would take a chance on developing him in a better system as well because as much as he deserves a lot of the blame for their poor offense in those first eight to ten games last year steve mcadoo's offense was also not a very well run offense and i think contributed to that a decent amount so i think the right system the right starter he can fit in his backup. He's tall enough to just fall forward and get a first down and short yardage. Uh, what more? What more do you need? Uh, is how I see it there. But uh, we'll see how that plays out heading towards free agency here. Uh, as we move on to uh, which team do we want to go to next here? Uh, Try pick a team. Oh, geez, let's talk about Adams Riders. They were <clears throat> a little bit busy over the last few days. Um, got rid of Winicky, re-signed some people. Adam, how do you feel about? Are you feeling fine? Or are you? What do you? I. You'd rather feel. You'd rather feel fine than Strevy, right? So I don't know, man. Okay, let me run. Let me run through the news first, and then we'll yes. get your takes here, Adam. Uh, wide receiver Jake Winicky brought in last year in free agency. He has been released uh, after he was relegated to the bench. Uh, they also re-signed kicker Brett Water for three years. Offensive lineman Logan Furland for two years. Quarterback Mason Fine just re-signed earlier today for two years. And uh, Frankie Hickson brought back for another year at running back. Uh, Adam, what do you think? Well, first thing first, we'll start at the beginning. Jake Weineke, I think he was a great core, uh, receiver, but, you know, we also came in at a very premium price. And at the end of the year, the Riders didn't need him. Uh, pretty simple on that one. We had guys like Sam Emelis and uh, all show up, and that was the end of uh, Jake Weineke. Uh, so that was a cap. That was just uh, money management thing. So 
it, it's part of the business. It sucks, like we always say, but it's what it is. Uh, Brett Lowther, I like that re-signing. That was a good one. Uh, he's been a good kicker for quite a few years now. Uh, has he been the best kicker in the league? No, but he's pretty consistent. Uh, in Saskatchewan, we don't absolutely burn our uh, kickers, even though some team beside us likes doing that. Winnipeg. Anyways, um, Frankie Hickson, that was kind of a little bit of a surprise signing, uh, just because I think Frankie Hickson was expected to probably be a free agent. Uh, I thought that maybe they would bring back Jamal Morrow. Now I'm starting to wonder if they're maybe going to look at something else, because uh, I thought that the, he would be resigned before Frankie Hickson would have been. Uh, Logan Furland, again, local kid, offensive lineman. We needed some offensive linemen. I think we only have one signed right now. Uh, all of our team, I think, is pretty much free agents right now on the offensive line. Uh, Logan Furland did a pretty good job last year, and he's going to grow in. He's a very young kid, so he'll grow into uh, being a better and better offensive lineman as the years go along. And, uh, yeah, I guess we got one last one to talk about. Mason Fine. Yay, I guess. I have nothing on him, honestly. You know what? If you really think he's going to be a good third, second, third string quarterback, I think there was better options out there, to be honest with you. I think Jacob Olegallo was a better option. Maybe he wanted too much. Uh, I think that probably uh, you've got some guys in development, I think, that are a better option than than uh, Mason Fine. I, uh, I don't like what we're doing in our backup side of things. Again, you're one hit away from seeing Mason Fine, essentially, this year. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, I think you could have probably got somebody better. Uh, even one of your development guys, Shea Patterson, I think was probably a better option. Uh, Ace cheaper, I think. And uh, Antonio Pipkin. I don't know. I just, like I said, I, I if you're looking for somebody to run the ball, it's Pipkin. If you're looking, like, to make the third down. If you're looking for somebody to develop, Patterson should be the guy. Uh, so those should have been one, two, three. If you didn't want to move on from Jake Dolagala, and if you didn't want to move on from Jake Dolagala, you still don't sign Mason Fine. So I don't know. It's going to be strange in Saskatchewan, but I don't know. Here's the thing: like it, the CFL, uh, Trey, your video is doing weird. It's flashing weird things on the screen. It's yeah, I see that. That's okay. Just talk. I'll be back. All right. Um, see, the thing with the CFL to me is that with how much things change uh, in free agency uh, every year, like, do you need to develop a quarterback? Uh, like, do you need to worry about developing a crew? Like, if, if Trevor Harris goes down, you probably want a bit more of a veteran presence jumping in for this season. And then if he's done for his career after that, you go sign another strong option in free agency. That being said, we just ran through the options that are currently going to be available February 13th, and there aren't a ton of studs available. So maybe it's at a position this year where it's kind of stabled more out in terms of the starters. Um, but I don't think this league, as much as other leagues, is one where you need to develop your own pieces as much because uh, we've seen teams just buy championships in free agency. I'll, I'll argue that a little bit because you look at a, at a player like Darian Durant, for example, in Saskatchewan. He was on the Great Cup roster as a PR guy in 07. He was getting developed in 06, 07, 08. Finally got his chance a little bit in 08. They bring in Michael Bishop. Didn't work. So they gave Durant another shot, and boy, he sure turned out to be a good quarterback for the Riders. Uh, same thing also uh, with a guy like Anthony Calvillo. I mean, 
He played for uh, Memphis, got uh, moved over. Montreal, uh, I guess, first uh, the Stallions, I guess, uh, went and developed them a little bit. Then he moved on to Montreal, played a great great couple of years in Montreal, and also was the guy and turned out to be one of the best. So this league does develop some quarterbacks over the years, and I think they do a good job of developing quarterbacks. Uh, and, and let's face it, there's other ones that I could bring up. I mean, Henry Burris came out of Saskatchewan, wasn't really de- wasn't was kind of developing well. Went to the NFL, took a shot, came back to Saskatchewan. Uh, there's there's lots of quarterbacks that get developed in this league. I think we've given up on developing quarterbacks a bit, and I think that's why our uh, performance in the play of the quarterback has gone the way it has in the last few years. It takes a little bit to get used to a three-down game. It's not where you can just go and start hucking the ball and get used to cadences and motion and everything else. It's a lot weirder than the uh, NFL game. To be honest, I think it's easier to throw a football in the NFL than it is in probably in the CFL just because of the rules. Uh, doesn't mean the best ones come to the CFL, obviously. But, I mean, I think if you put somebody out there from the NFL, they'd be just confused as all heck if you throw them right into the Grey Cup, right? So, to me, like I said, I think that this league needs to still develop quarterbacks. Uh, I hope they work somewhat with Shea Patterson, at least try to get him developed. They put some effort into Jake Dolagel. I don't know why they're maybe walking away from him unless it's money. Uh, yeah, I, I like I said, I th- I still have the belief you got to develop a CFL quarterback. Trey, well, I don't know what to go here. You said a couple things that I want to argue with, but we don't have time for that. We'll talk about it maybe when we have eight hours on free agency because <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd blame the teams necessarily for the lack of. I just think people don't want to come to the cfl honestly as much they'd rather hold a clipboard or go back to their dad's concrete company than come up here but i mean that's another day i think i i i kind of do understand though i would go i kind of agree with adam though to some parts where i would rather go with the mystery box and pick up a guy for fifty thousand that's never heard of saskatchewan before and 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 see what you got right because you that's what henry burris was at one point that's what feel was that was Caleros at some point that was every American quarterback in this league at some point was some guy that had never heard of the CFL or anything before um so that's where I would kind of go and I think that we are losing that yes but there's still guys we saw that like got those second third stringers on Hamilton and Ottawa they weren't terrible you know they were okay are they going to be the next Caleros probably not or you know but you have to test them out to find out now Nate uh Mason, no Mason Fine. Mason Fine is, yeah, I would have probably rather went with Dolagala, Patterson, Pipkin, or tested my luck with Strevy or whatever. You know, saw something before. I know Adam, what you're coming from, but I don't know. Yeah, I again, I, I forget where I read this or earlier on social media. Like, I've been a Mason Fine supporter. I wish he would have gotten his job back at, initially after he got injured last season. Um, but he has been around there for a little while. He hasn't taken that step forward to the starter yet at this point. So it seems like he's kind of in that career backup role. So, you know, yeah, is, is keeping the status quo the good path forward for them? Yeah, I agree. There could be some argument there uh, on on that decision at quarterback for the Riders here. But, uh uh, you know, with so many injuries in the league, honestly, like get a veteran backup and then get the young gun third string. Like I was saying earlier, you'll probably have to play both of them and somebody else yet to <laughs> come the end of the season with 
starters and backups and third strings all getting injured. Uh, the other interesting one for the riders for me was uh, Frankie Hickson, like you talked about. I want to know what the plan is there because I was pumped for him coming into this year. Adam, you put him in your top five running backs in the CFL coming into the season. We hardly saw him see the field, which was surprising to all of us. Uh, I want to know uh, what the uh, the plan for Fr- Frankie Hickson is and, and how Jamal Morrow is involved in that too, as well as you mentioned. Um, let's move on to another team here. Adam, your turn to pick a team. Yeah, let's move on to the big trade and the uh, big moves over for the Edmonton Elks uh, this last week. Uh, made a blockbuster trade uh, involving Curly Gittens Jr. and also involving uh, Jake Serezna uh, uh, trading places. Guys, I think this was probably a massive, massive deal. Usually don't see this very often where you trade a uh, top quality defensive lineman for a Canadian receiver. Most times Canadian receivers are well wanted from anywhere. Edmonton obviously had a need for one. Uh, but Jake Serezna, I think, is going to be a all-star defenseman, defensive lineman for many of years here. What was your guys' thoughts on this trade, first of all? I mean, Toronto's defense gets a little bit more scary. You know, they already had a pretty tight tight D for most of the year, and now they got another guy on the defensive line. Uh, Gittens, uh, maybe I was wrong, but I feel like he wasn't utilized as much as he could have been near the end. Like, we kind of had him high up in our receiver rankings. I th- like, I think I took him pretty early in our fantasy or something, or I kept him, and he just didn't really pad out. But, I mean, maybe he just has a better connection with Bethel Thompson, and that's what he's hoping for. And on the other side, I think Edmonton's offense might be a little bit more scary this year. I'm, you know, I'm not saying crossover or playoffs, but you know, Bethel Thompson, he still won two championships, and or did he win? He didn't win the XFL, but he led the lead in, league in passing yards, and he won the Great Cup, right? So, regardless of the league, he's not a bad quarterback. Now he gets one of his familiar faces back. You still have Trey Ford as your safety net. Uh, you'd hope that Chris Jones can do something on defense and that they can uh, put together a decent football team there. Right, Ryan? Yeah. I, Trey and I, I think talked about this quite a bit last week uh, on the podcast as well. So if you want more extensive thoughts, go back and listen to that episode also. But uh, my general thought was this was a good deal for both sides. I think it fit a need for, for both teams here uh, and, and fun to see a big trade of that stature. Uh, in the CFL. Uh, Adam, we didn't get your reaction last time, though. Uh, any other thoughts on that one for Edmonton and Toronto? Yeah, I think it's trying to help a long-suffering fan base a little bit. Uh, you look all of a sudden at that Edmonton offense, wait, that's a dangerous offense all of a sudden. You got Eugene Lewis in there. You got Dylan Mitchell, who, yes, I, I'll admit, he had a bad year last year. I think he's going to recover from that. Uh, You've got Curly Gittens Jr. now uh, alongside of, again, uh, Kyron Moore, who had a really good year last year. And there's a few others in Edmonton. Suddenly, uh, and again, you still have Kevin Brown in the backfield. Uh, and uh, that Edmonton Elk offense looks really interesting, especially with uh, uh, McCall Bethel-Thompson coming in as well. Uh, for Toronto, I think this is a move that they needed to make because I think they know that they're going to be losing a few pieces to free agency uh, in the defensive side of things. I think that they know the writings on the wall for some of their guys. I don't know where they're going to go, but uh, yeah, it's uh, looking more and more like uh, Toronto's going to lose a few pieces. So nice trade to make. If you're going to lose Curly Gittens Jr., I don't know if he was a free agent. I don't think he was. 
think he still had a year left on his contract or something. So I think it was more of a trade that you know you got a good uh, lineman in uh, Jake Sresna, and if you really didn't plan and if it didn't work out with uh, with uh, uh, oh, my brain just went and had a brain fart um, in Toronto, if it didn't work out with Chad Kelly and uh, uh, Kyron Moore or Curly Jr. My brain is just fried today. Anyways, um, yeah, if it didn't work out with those two, you may as well move on from them, get another piece in there that you can really use. And, I mean, they got top pick for both. So I think it's going to help both teams in a way. Be a good trade. Uh, Uh, Touching on the other news here for the Edmonton Elks side from this week. Uh, it came out today a couple of hours ago. Uh, defensive back Ed Gainey, uh, released by the Elks here. So, you know, they've made a couple changes on the defensive side of the ball. They they released Ed Gainey, they released uh, who else has it been? Aaron Grimes, uh, Adam Konar. We talked about those a week or two ago, uh, as well. Uh, so, and now with Ceresna going over to Toronto, seems like, okay, Edmonton maybe is going to be relieving some cash to focus on upgrading that offensive line, which is what I really want to see should be their focus point and upgrading the offense. I just hope they're not trending too far in that direction of cutting these notable pieces on defense. Cause then are we going to be in a situation where offense is much better, but now the defense takes a step back in 2024. Uh, what do you think, Trey? How do you balance that? I don't know. I like to think that Chris Jones kind of knows what he's doing. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He must to some degree. Um, I don't know. I, Edmonton's not – the de- defense isn't my concern. I just feel like their uh, offense just needed to be a little bit better. But I just had a thought. Let's say – I mean, I never would wish an injury on anyone. But let's say McLeod uh, Bethel Thompson does go down. When was – if ever, can we think of a Canadian quarterback and Canadian receiver duo? And that thought be cool if him and Kittens Jr. Uh, linked up a little bit. But, no, I'm not too concerned. And uh, one other quick question or comment or whatever for you guys. I lost my notes here. Someone was texting me in the Discord. I think it was our buddy Richard, and I had to respond to that. Uh, but we were talking – because he's mad about me not believing in home field advantage. So I got to I gotta defend that. Um, where's my thing here? They lost uh, – Stephen Dunbar went to the UFL. Are we at all – what do we think about that league? And I know we should we we have our new friends in the alternative football network that maybe we should talk about a little bit more. I see their five hour broadcast talking about the UFL on Twitter all the time. Uh, what do you guys think? Should we are we is this more concerning that they're together or is it less concerning now because it looks like they're crumbling? I'm not worried one bit about them to be honest with you. Uh, the CFL has been around for over a hundred years. It's a well established league. It's not really a spring league. It's more of a summer league. Uh, it's not at the same time as them. Uh, to me, I'm not worried. Uh, as for uh, the uh, receiver that you're talking about that went over to the uh, UFL, he had a 593-yard season this last year. That was uh, it? Really? Yeah. It wasn't like really impressive here. Uh, 536 yards, five touchdowns, uh, 30, uh, 39 for 64. So right around 50% in his completions. I mean, don't get me wrong. I hope I hope the best for Stephen Dunmar Jr. Hope he does well. But, I mean, to me, it's not a big, big loss. The Houston, I think, picked him up. Uh, I hope they do well with him, and I think they will. I'm, I wouldn't be too concerned if I was a CFL fan 
you also got Curly Gittins Jr. to put right in his place. And he looks, I think, I take Curly Gittins Jr. over Stephen Dunbar uh, any day, essentially. Uh, as for the Ed Gainey stuff, uh, he's getting up there in age. I mean, yeah. it's it, it's kind of that problem once in a while again with the business of football. They just re-signed Luchez Purifoy to a big contract. I think that it was kind of a little bit of a cap victim, a little bit of an age victim. He might end up, I don't know where he'll end up. My vote would maybe be, oh, there's a few guys that need defensive uh, backs. Saskatchewan, one of them. Uh, he, there, or he might end up in, uh, he might end up in Toronto. It depends on what all moves over there. Uh, the other place I could see him maybe also is in Hamilton. Hamilton usually could use a few good defensive backs. Uh, last year, they were suspect of the big ball too. So, uh, Gainey's still a good serviceable defensive back. I think just maybe Chris Jones and I can get anybody anywhere and could be just the arrogance of Chris Jones. I, on the Stephen Dunbar thing, I'm a, a little surprised to see him leave the league so so quickly. Uh, and that is the nature of these other leagues. We are going to see a couple guys. I don't think it's enough. I'm with Adam. I don't think it's enough to like really make a dent in the CFL, so to say, because when the two separate leagues, there were more opportunities, I guess, because they've narrowed the number of teams down uh, and not a ton of guys left in that sense either. Um, but Dunbar, yeah, this season didn't quite go well. It didn't go well for the entire offense for half the season there. Um, but in Hamilton, I think the year before, he had like a thousand-yard season or something like that. He was looking really good. It was, wasn't it him, Braylon Addison, Brandon Banks, and uh, – oh, shoot. Wow, Hamilton had a stacked receiving court because there was Jalen Acklin, there was Tim White uh, back at that. Uh, no wonder they made it to the Great Cup a couple of years in a row uh, there. Uh, so, you know, Dunbar kind of stepped up, uh, though, really well with Hamilton. Thought he was going to be a huge addition for the Elks last year, and it just didn't pan out the way we all expected it to. And I think he's still a very talented receiver, and, you know, he'll take a shot in the UFL and, if anything, they play at different times, and yeah, we might lose some pieces off to the league, but we might get storylines like the Darnell Sankey. Who knows if you know, he only plays in that league and then comes in and wins a great cup and double a double championship uh, later this year as well. Uh, there's always the opportunity for fun storylines like that. So uh, it sucks, Thanks. though, to see a promising piece leave. I want to make one quick thing that I, that I saw today. The Rock was named, appointed to the board of directors of TKO Group Holdings, which is the parent company of WWE and the merge with the UFC. So if he still has a connection with the UFL, I just wonder what that could bring. I know Vince McMahon was the original XFL guy with WWE. I'm not saying it's going to be bigger. I'm just saying it's more pockets. He could go to Dana White in the UFC. He could go to WWE and maybe have a little bit more help. But I don't know. I'm just, they're trying. I'll give them that. They're definitely trying to keep it on. And, to anyone listening, maybe go visit our friends at the Alternative Football Network if you want to know more. Yes, absolutely. Lots of great coverage of the UFL and other leagues uh, from the other shows on the network, so check it out. Uh, AlternativeFootballNetwork.com uh, or uh, at the official AFN on X. Um, I think that's everything we've got on the Elks. Uh, let's move over to talk about the Calgary Stampeders next. Uh, I'll take the next team here and go with Calgary. Uh, they've been active this week. Uh, they've re-signed uh, defensive line, I believe it's defensive lineman Julian Hauser, uh, fullback William Longley, uh, Elliot Graham as well. 
I think he's a linebacker, if I'm remembering correctly, and linebacker, and they've signed Adam Konar at linebacker, who was let go by the Elks. And then the big one dropped today. John Huffnang was stepping down as the president uh, for the Calgary Stampeders. He's still going to be involved in football operations, uh, but he's stepping down from the president role. Uh, Adam, what did you think about that news? Yeah, well, first of all, Danny Austin, good on you for letting Calgary announce that uh, John Huffnagel is going to be uh, going away and riding off into the sunset, sort of. Uh, that's really nice, classy reporting, because the guy went and put yesterday, there was big news coming out of Calgary. He could have blown it right out and said what it was. He knew what it was, but I guarantee that the guy actually went and uh, held off because of who it is and who, who it's been, and he does deserve that, uh, John Huffnagel. He was a great coach. He was a great uh, great uh, player for the Stampeders back in the day. Uh, he he done it all, John, and uh, it's nice to see him kind of get his day and uh, move on to the new president. I have not really heard much of him. Uh, Huffnagel t- did say he's a great guy and expects him to do great things for the uh, for the Calgary Stampeders. So... I, I can't see why not. I mean, they're in pretty good hands. I think with uh, with uh, Dave Dickinson still in charge of the uh, general managing and the uh, coaching of the team, I think Dave deserves a maybe a little bit better fate than they had last year. But uh, overall, uh, good on John Huffnagel. I think it's it was the right time, uh, probably the right place to do it. And uh, yeah, let's uh, see what the new guy can bring in for football ops. And he's got a little bit of a challenge. I mean. You got to get somehow working on a stadium plan eventually for McMahon Stadium, I think, uh, is one big problem that is going to come on to him. And uh, get some fans back in Calgary because last year we've seen that their fan attendance was definitely down from years past. So, uh, but yeah, and as for today, good on John Huffnagel. Glad he's going to be able to go and do what he wants to do. He's still going to be a part of the team as an advisory, I guess, but uh, mainly, you know, kind of just sitting back and watching a uh, couple quick notes to correct myself elliot graham is a defensive lineman not a linebacker so my apologies on that one and uh yeah new president for the stamps jay mcneil uh joined them uh 2022 season uh, and has been their vice president of business operations so he takes on more of a role and uh huffnagel is going to be more of an advisory role now uh trey what do you think I, I just was hoping that – I can't remember who it was, but someone tweeted that the big announcement was McMahon Stadium was going to install the Bombers' old field uh, turf or whatever, and I thought that would have been hilarious. Um, but, no, other than that, it I think it was time. You know, you can't – you got to have new ideas. I don't think they he did anything wrong specific. That's, the, that's the, the crappy thing about sports. You don't necessarily do something wrong. You just didn't do uh, perfect, you know, and, and – in basketball, some coach got fired in his rookie year, and his uh, Milwaukee's the second best team in the league. Like, what the hell is that, right? So, I mean, you got things like this, and it's uh, it's good to still have them around, and yeah, move on. Yeah, I I like having Huffnagel in kind of more of a in, in uh, Dickinson's ear a little bit too, uh, as he's also taken on, you know, more roles within the organization there a little bit. So um, more division of responsibility means everybody's able to do their job a little bit more, I think. I I, I question that whenever we see, you know, 
GM and coach. And just if one guy's taking on two roles and doing them at the same time, he's kind of dedicating half his time to each instead of having a dedicated man for them. Uh, in terms of the moves for the stamps, I mean, three big pieces uh, on the defense side there. Uh, Calgary is a team we don't see that active in free agency each year i really wonder how that will change this year or if they're because they had the you know the rough season or if they are going to be a team that had a lot of injuries and they're banking on guys recovering from injuries and taking another step forward this year i don't know anybody have any thoughts on that i hope they don't because i don't think they had the talent last year uh even when they had the entire roster there although for me i think most of it was on their uh quarterback I didn't think Jake Mayer was uh, ready to be a uh, starting quarterback, even though I took him pretty high in the draft as well last year. Uh, he proved that he wasn't ready, essentially, I don't think. Um, end of the year, he did a little bit of better, but uh, by the end, it was already too little too late. Yes, they had a pile of injuries, but that was on the receiving side of the football. These defensive signings, I think Aaron Grimes, you're going to see in there, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was Grimes that signed in with Calgary, right? Yeah, uh, it was Konar, not Grant. Oh, Adam Konar, sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, Konar, I think, will be probably a big piece into Calgary's uh, defense. Uh, I think he's going to be probably a big part and definitely going to be a s- starter for game one. Uh, you look at some of the other pieces they signed, they need to bring in some more players. And uh, I don't know if maybe the talent pool is drying up a little bit and finally they're not maybe going to be this scary Patriot-like team that we're used to. Uh, we're seeing a transition in, in all of football right now. And uh, Stampeders are one of those teams, I think, that are starting to have to change the way they do things. So Now the um, Patriots are a scary team for a whole other reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the opposite way. But anyways, uh, yeah. T- so in other words, if you're Calgary, don't draft a quarterback in the first round. It doesn't work well. Ask, ask Mac. Anyways, um no, like I said, Calgary, I think uh, I think they need to start uh, developing again. Uh, they usually always have a great depth pool. I think it's starting to run a little light. So this is why the signings are happening. You're right, uh, Ryan. Absolutely. Um, Trey, you want to pick the next team here, or do you have any final thoughts on Calgary, or do you want to move on to the next No, team? let's move on. Who haven't we talked about yet? BC, Winnipeg, Toronto, Hamilton, Montreal. Uh, God, let's talk about Winnipeg, I guess. What's the biggest news? They re-signed Drew Rolotarski to two years. They renamed the stadium, Princess Auto Stadium. And they brought in a kicker. I saw that was a lot of a little oh. bit of news on, on, on X today because is Castillo's time done or is that just insurance? Because I'm sure he'll want more money and you take the rookie quarter or rookie kicker. Uh Ryan, um as the other Winnipeg guy on here right now, how do you think two more years of uh, guitar hero Drew Wolitarski? I, I think it's great. I think Drew Wolitarski is uh, a very solid, underrated piece, especially filling that Canadian receiver role. Uh, and I'm happy to see him back. Uh, apparently, he signed the contract in Australia where he was at for his wedding with best man Chris Strevler. So that's a fun story that uh, maybe maybe we see that connection reunited uh, this year we had no official news on that yet but uh, uh yeah two more years with Walatarski. i think that's a good job well done by kyle walters there um i kind of wonder i notice all of these deals they're signing are two years uh and 
they're hosting the Grey Cup in 2025. And that also happens to be how long Zach Caleros is under contract. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think they're going to try to keep the core of this team while bringing in a couple of fresh pieces in place to try to keep running it back uh, to get to the finals until they're done hosting the Grey Cup at home. And then come 2026, when we're going to, I think, see the team look pretty different here. Uh, do you guys see it the same way? Yeah, I do. I mean, you look at what this team is. I think if they can bring back Dalton Schoner, bring back uh, uh, any of their other guys, uh, they're going to be happy and just try to keep this going. At least, you're right, for two years, uh, they want to try to host a great cup at that Princess Auto uh, field. Uh, then Stadium, it's gonna be Adam. Like- Stadium. Stadium. Get it right. Get it right, man. Oh, yes. It's not IG Field anymore. <laughs> now it's Princess Auto Stadium. Yeah. Uh, anyways. At PA Stadium, uh, they're going to go and they're going to have probably a pretty good run there. Uh, and then it's going to be like the surplus section in Princess Auto. They're just going to be dumping everything after that. So uh, at usually discounted prices, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, because all the other teams need it. Uh, no, Wolitarski is a great signing for them. Uh, I still remember that like glitch pit, uh, catch that he made that time when Kalaros like, just absolutely just put it right in his hand as he was running full speed. I don't think that was wasn't Tarski. him. That was Dressler, I thought. Um, Ryan oh. Smith. Was it Smith? Uh, no, okay. no. Yeah. It was Wolitarski. No, Adam, we're going to roll back the footage on this. No, no. Yeah, we got to roll it back. I know it was Wolitarski. Is this one of those Mandela effects, man? Because we all had someone different. <laughs> I know Dressler made some stupid catch. Maybe it wasn't him. But I don't think it was Wolitarski. All right. Check the Discord channel, Adam. Here's here's the YouTube or the ESPN clip. This is the one you're talking yeah. about. Okay. <laughs> Let's just take a look. But I'm sure it was like this one weird catch against. Well, well, Adam reviews the footage to yeah. believe I, that I'm correct. Uh, oh, you can tell from the picture it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's I, I'm right here. I I uh, nice try. Uh, <laughs> You know, Wolitarski's like, made better catches over the years, though, and I mean he has been a big part of this team. Um, he's guy guy like Brendan O'Leary, Orange, or uh, some of the others in this team. I mean, back in the day, they would have called this a Chris Jones pre-practice roster team because they got a lot of receivers in that to core in uh, Winnipeg. Uh, Kenny Lawler even took, I think, what was it, a pay cut here just recently, just so they can get a few more guys. Yeah, yeah. He restructured or whatever. Uh, so yeah, they're they're doing what they can to make sure. They got a great team going ahead this year, but mainly for 2025 because that's the one they really want to win. I do wonder where uh, about a guy like uh, O'Leary Orange, who is now the third guy uh, once again at, at Canadian wide receiver because Dembski's still in Winnipeg and Wallatarski. Uh, O'Leary Orange is a free agent. Like we've seen some flashes when he's gotten an opportunity, but he really hasn't gotten a ton. Do you stick in the system and hope one of these two gets injured, or do you look to free agency if you're a guy like that, Trey? If I was Winnipeg, I'd try to keep him. Because like you said, you got two, and one one isn't a traditional Canadian position. So I don't know. I, it would all matter on roster size, right? Like if you're able to have another guy on defense, you have Dembski's backup, an American, you know, and then he maybe you let o, um, O'Leary Orange go, Orange go. And, let, and then you get a rookie guy to fall to fall in under Wolitarski, who's I can't remember him being hurt too too much over his tenure here in Winnipeg. Um, I checked his ID once; it was fun. <laughs> uh, 
He's like, he's like, oh, I'm with the band. And I was like, I don't care, man. I got to check your ID. And then I looked at his ID and I said, oh, screw the band. You're a bomber. You get in there, man. And, and I realized who it was. But uh, no, um, yeah, I, I, I hate I would try to keep him if, if we were playing Madden right now with the Blue Bombers, I would keep him. But I could see where he'd want to go elsewhere. Uh, other, I guess, the piece of news for the Bombers was that Drew Brown trade, which we kind of talked about earlier, that it was a given he wasn't going to be back in Winnipeg. And I think getting a fifth-round pick back for him, like, it might not work out, but it's better than nothing, which if they didn't make that trade, they were going to lose him for uh, come February 13th. So I think that's just a logical move to make on the Winnipeg side of things. And uh, we'll see what other moves they make uh, before they take the field at Princess Auto Stadium uh for the first time uh did you review the footage adam was i right i will neither confirm nor deny that <laughs> ryan smith <laughs> former saskatchewan rough rider ryan smith at least make me feel better he was a good receiver for a couple he was of good years receiver. there yeah 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 same with dressler then he went to winnipeg <laughs> he was still pretty good in winnipeg as well i didn't mind dressler yeah yeah he had his moments um, you know, that's a pretty good quarterback in Winnipeg, too. Hey, he got his money's worth for sure. Which team do you want to go to next? Uh, why don't we go to the, the uh, Toronto Argonauts? I uh, think a few things have gone on over there. I know that they've released a uh, offensive lineman, Darius Bladek. Uh Demetrius Maxey is their D-line coach now. And Dominic McCard. Interesting. Is their running back coach now in Toronto? Uh, offensive lineman as, an, uh, as a running back coach. That should be interesting. Anyways, uh, yeah, what do you guys want to start on first? Uh, probably the release of Darius Bladek. Yeah, that offensive line was amazing last year, right? Like, they they crushed it in Toronto. They gave up the least sacks in the league. I want to say it was under 20 for sure uh, or something like that. And I thought he was an important piece of that. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a team with a lot of depth. Like the Argos had a heck of a ton of injuries last year too, and still finished with a 16 and two season. So they've got the depth and maybe they felt that that was an area they could cut the cash to maybe spend a little bit more in free agency. Cause I think they're going to have to spend a lot uh, on the defense with all the pieces they're going to lose there. I think uh, when you look at what they just lost there, they lost a Canadian offensive lineman. Uh I won't say nothing but for what team should sign him. It might be above my head right at the moment. They should probably bring him back, uh, seeing as they should have never let him go to begin with. This was a second-round draft pick by the Rough Riders way back in the day. Uh, he was a great offensive lineman when he was in Saskatchewan. Uh, all of a sudden, he just disappeared, went to Toronto. And I'm not sure why. I don't know what the story is. But, boy, the Rough if there is a team that needs a offensive lineman and a Canadian offensive lineman, it's it's Saskatchewan, and Darius Bladek will make a great addition to that line. Uh, so please, 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 if Jeremy O'Day is watching our podcast, first of all, thanks for watching. Second of all, uh, you know, maybe go and phone Mr. Bladek's agent because you better go get him or this province may just burn. Also, Jeremy O'Day, if you're watching, the, uh, let us know if you have any free time on February 13th uh, between 9 and 5. Uh, I have a feeling you might be busy that day, though. For the love of gosh, I hope he's too busy. 
Yeah, maybe, as, <laughs> maybe, as, maybe as an intern, he could send her away at least, or we could talk to Gainer. I don't care, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, Toronto is interesting. Um, I don't know. I'm not too worried about Toronto. Yeah, like that's a you don't want ever want to lose offensive linemen that are Canadian like that. But it's good to see they're kind of picking up some coaches because then they lose a couple to Saskatchewan, right? So, and uh, Dominic Picard. I'm trying to think of Star Trek jokes that I can't think of just with Picard, but uh, yeah, the I don't know. The offensive lineman Canadian you'll ever meet. A well, Canadian. well, that's the thing. Like, you know, again, he, he, because again, the best running back coaches sometimes are quarterbacks because they need to know where everyone is. I mean, the old linemen know what holes need to be open yeah, and which, yeah. and they might know what holes they'd rather the running back run through too, right? And, and kind of thing. So it's not, it, it, it'd be weirder if he was a defensive lineman. Or maybe a quarterback, and he's, or you know, or they got Gainer to do it, but I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. It, it's similar to what we've seen with, when we talked with the Riders coaching staff last week, where they've had they had like defense like linebackers that are running back coaches and vice versa or whatever, right? So uh, I think we're seeing more and more of that. That it's not the traditional. I played this position, so I must coach this position. And, uh, yeah, a little bit of ins- extra insight from the other side of the ball could go a long way, uh, I think, for some of these teams here as well. Uh, let's move – anything else on the Argos here? Uh, if not, let's move over to uh, – we'll probably move quickly through these remaining teams because there's not a ton uh, to talk about here. But BC, we talked a lot about them last week, uh, some of the moves they made at wide receiver, and they made one more that we were kind of expecting them to make, which is Javon Katoy brought back. He's their, one of their go-to Canadian receivers. A three-year contract extension for Katoy in BC – uh, which feels like a pretty notable one to me. Uh, you know, he's he he was he came on strong as a big name receiver for BC. Kind of took a backseat role a little bit the last couple of years, just because of all the talent they've had there. But he he can certainly deliver some big games of his own. And uh, a three year deal for the Canadian wide receiver. Uh, we're seeing more more of these three year deals. You have to think. I don't know if for sure, but I'm wondering if there's guaranteed money in this contract for him because he's been with the team long enough that he would qualify for it um what do you guys think about katoy back with bc and in general i feel like there's more of these two-year three-year contracts and less of the one year now are we going to be looking at our february live show in a couple of years being uh, a lot slower of a day as these guys are starting to sign longer contracts so what do you think trey Oh, I still wouldn't buy any jerseys with players' names on them uh, at this point. Um, but, no, it's good to see. I was thinking a three-year deal for a non-quarterback seems a little little strange, but it's good to see. It's something we've been bitching about for years. We want players to have those deals and be more recognizable and and stuff. Because, yeah, sometimes Canadian football, CFL free agency is because everybody's on a one-year deal. They're technically all free agents come February, right? So, no, I like it. I think Ottawa – or not Ottawa, BC um, – Still, still is very well in contention as of now. My way early predictions, right? So I like it, Adam. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this one to be mm-hmm. honest with you, and there's a reason. Uh, they got Justin McInnes there, and I think McInnes is probably the better option for giving a little bit more of a uh, longer term contract to than Javon Katoy. Katoy's uh, had his moments in the in BC. Uh, he's had some good receiving moments, but he hasn't had any of those real breakout moments. Like we've seen a few with Justin McKinnis last year on a big couple of catches. So I think myself, I would probably have went with McKinnis, 
Uh, I don't think, I think McKinnis has still got another year on his contract, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, Katoy, I don't know. I, I never sold on him. Uh, I brought him in one time, I think, on my fantasy because I was desperate for a, a Canadian receiver. Uh, but overall, I don't know. I A three-year deal, like, I mean, if you got a guy like a quarterback or maybe a kicker, again, Brett Lelder, we just seen him sign a three-year contract. Uh, so maybe it's starting to break where some other guys are going to get three-year deals. Uh, I think Lucky Whitehead is coming off of a two- or three-year deal. So I guess, I mean, BCC something in him. Uh, not a bad signing. I mean, I'm not sure what he's getting paid exactly. But he's got some guaranteed money. For, well, not maybe guaranteed, but he's got some three-year. He knows what he's doing for the next three years, uh, at least right now in BC. So I don't know. Not a bad deal, I guess. I, I, my guess would be that they'll use both guys, Katoy and McKinnis. I think it'll be uh, two Canadian wide receivers in the set. And they were pretty much doing that for a lot of last year when Rhymes was injured, right? So, uh, but yeah, in terms of the long-term plan, I do like what McKinnis brought last year uh, in that role. But uh, it seems like they're pretty fond of Katoy over in BC uh, as well. Um I'll just take us through these next two teams here because there's not a whole ton to debate on them. Uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, let's go there next. Uh, the only move this week is uh, fullback Felix Garan Gauthier uh, brought back uh, on an extension there. So uh, I don't personally have a ton to talk about. I mean, uh, uh, he's been their starter, uh, one of them at the fullback position for the past couple of years, I believe. Uh, so a mainstay there brought back for another season for Hamilton. Uh, I guess to bring up a, a bit of an interesting discussion topic for the Ticats, so we don't just move on here. Uh, notable man that has not signed a contract yet. Two of them, actually. One is Tim White at wide receiver, uh, and one of them is Simone Lawrence at linebacker. Uh, so, and you know what, at receiver, I'll throw in Terry Godwin, Hamilton's top two receivers still unsigned, uh, guys like Lawrence that have been mainstays for many years on the defense, not signed yet. Any concern that Hamilton hasn't, uh, gotten to these guys wrapped up yet from either of you, uh, Adam? Yeah. Godwin and, uh, uh, White have to get re-signed soon. I mean, that's big for Hamilton. Uh, especially Tim White. I mean, he got them pretty much any yards they almost had last year. I mean, it's it's no question you got to get him re-signed some way, somehow, because otherwise he's getting another eight phone calls the moment that the uh, tamper window opens up in free agency. Uh, Terry Godwin would be another one. Yeah, he, he needs to be re-signed right away as, or as soon as he can. Uh, has looked really good. Has flashes uh, at the end of the season there where he looked extremely good. Uh, for the Ticats, so both of those need to be redone. Uh, I'm not worried about Simone Lawrence, to be honest with you. Uh, linebacker, I'm, unless it's the first game of the season, I mean, sometimes he kind of just drifts away. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a big Simone Lawrence fan right now. I think age is starting to get to there. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that Hamilton and him will get something done eventually. I don't think he's going anywhere, and I think both the team and him know it. So I don't think that's a priority. I think right now the priority's got to be on the receivers. Trip. I don't even know what Hamilton's doing after restructuring Bo. So I'm not even too surprised, honestly, that they're still messing with us. With with Simone Lawrence, even yeah, maybe his clay's not there, but I feel like he's 
Hamilton loves them, right? Like they, they they seem to embrace him. He's he's a locker room guy there, probably. I sound it sounds like he's a community guy there. Like it would be kind of I, it would be like losing the bombers losing Big Hill kind of thing. It it would kind of be like weird in that aspect. Um, so I think he will get done. And the receivers, Bo is going to have someone to throw to, so they're going to have to sign one if not both of them, or really hope for shown or something crazy in free agency, right? So. Yeah, I and I think if not this year and in, in the next year or two for sure, Hamilton's a team we're going to see the changing of the guard. Like this has been an older team, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, in recent years, you look at a couple of names like Chris Van Zyl on the offensive line. You look at uh, Ted Laurent on the defensive side. Like these are guys that are are going to hang up the cleats, or they're going to you know the team's going to start parting ways with them. We're going to see younger pieces come in. Ticats, I looked at the free agent list just now. It is long. There's 38 guys on that list, and only uh, five or six of them have been extended so far. So uh, lots of time still to go, but we could be looking at a very different Ticats team coming into next season. Um, the last team we have to talk about here, the defending champs, the Montreal Alouettes, a couple of key re-signings for them, defensive back Najee Murray, uh, defensive lineman Avery Ellis, and running back Jeshron Antwi brought back on another one-year deal. Uh, Adam, any thoughts there? Yeah, the only one would be on Jeshron Antwi. Uh, good Canadian running back. I think that they are going to be moving on from William Stanback this year. I just... They're bringing in a lot of receivers. Uh, I just have a funny feeling that that's going to be a change. And, you know, there is a uh, certain amount of uh, running backs that are available right now that probably Montreal would love to have. Uh, if it's Brady Oliveira, uh, if it's uh, uh, Jamal Morrill, maybe. Uh, I'm sure one of the guys in Calgary, if it's Cedric Mills, or if it's Kadeem Carey, one of them might become available as well. Uh, there, there's some good running backs available in this uh in this thing. Also, AJ Lett, I didn't even bring him up, and boy, he looked good last year. So, I think it's, uh, again, I hate to keep saying it, it's age, but uh, William Sandback's probably one of the older running backs in the league right at the moment. Uh, I think it's his time. He's probably going to look at free agency. He'll probably get picked up by someone pretty easily, but uh, I don't think it'll be the Montreal Alouettes. Trick? Yeah, I, I think that's a big signing there. Uh, um, and Twee, I like that one. And uh, Montreal, like they're 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 gonna be probably like I mean I feel like the team that just wins always tries to stay together as much as possible. I know there's always a couple guys that try to get the big payday or this or that, but I think the Alouettes are definitely one we should worry about again this year. Yeah, Montreal's free agent list somewhere uh, just below 25 names of pending free agents. Ten of them have been re-signed already. So they they brought back a lot of the core and uh, a lot of the main pieces we expected them to bring back from the list. I just want clarity at the running back position from them because this year it was a mess with Stanback, Antwi, and then Walter Fletcher, who last free agent frenzy show we were all but sure would go somewhere else and not join the three backlog jam there. Uh, but that was confusing all year long because either Stanback was injured or he was in and then Fletcher was out. I just want clarity. And I know lots of teams are kind of running the 1A, 1B system now, but don't give me a 1C in there as a fantasy player. I want to know who's getting the touches in Montreal. And I think a guy like Antwi uh, has shown some promise and could be a guy that if they want to flip the ratio a little bit at the position, 
maybe they lean on him a little more heavily. Maybe you go with the dual back system of him, Johnny Augustine, another Canadian back from Winnipeg. You bring him into a dual Canadian back system. Uh, there's potentially an option there as well. If you, uh, if you don't bring back one of the big guns, uh, and I love the defensive moves also. I, I really like Najee Murray. I think he is a uh, mainstay in that defensive backfield. Uh, so happy to see them bring back the defense that won them the championship because that defense carried them uh, all the way there. And then the offense came to life and got it done. So those are your any, – any other thoughts, Montreal? Looked Did like they bring back ready. Sankey already? Was that one? Yes. From 4K. That was good. Yeah, Lemon, Lemon two or yeah, okay, good. Yeah, no, their defense I think is going to be scary. It was one of those defenses you weren't sure about this time last year, but they uh, they showed up. Absolutely. Uh, so those are updates uh, from this past week on all the teams around the CFL. Uh, we did ask for fan questions again, and we got one uh, from our good friend Richard here, I believe. Uh, what is everyone's Football fan etiquette uh, and one or two things you can't stand that other fans do. Uh, Trey, I'm going to go to you first on this one. You seem like an opinionated guy on uh, these things. I hate the snowballs. Like I don't be throwing snowballs onto the field, Buffalo. It's always Buffalo. Like they're 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 not a bad fan base, but like every touchdown you, they, you saw them like it should be a guarantee it should be an automatic 15 the second something gets thrown from the fan i guess you can't always prove that it was a buffalo fan and i guess that's the argument but something you can't be having fans throw snow you can't be having them throw it at patrick mahomes before or after the play or the game that one pisses me off beyond belief um other than that i don't care this is no streaking because I don't want to see that. Adam, no, not kidding. Um, anyways, no. Um, my biggest pet peeve, I mean, in Saskatchewan, is two things. One, I am so sick of hearing "Sweet Caroline" when we go on offense, and all of a sudden everybody goes "Ba ba ba." Like, come on, really? Are you so gonna do that every time? Anyways, and the other thing is. And I know the Fiffles podcast in, in, over in Regina has brought this one up a pile of times. Stop doing the wave on offense. People, you got to learn like not to make noise when the offense is on the field. Yeah, it, it, it's loud and everybody, hey. Should we start doing the wave while Adam's talking? Yeah, near the end of the season, there's always some drunk idiots starting Go Bombers Go when we're on offense. And it's like. You can tell that this they're not a football fan, and it's like, eh, gets annoying. I tell them to shut the hell up. I use other words that I won't put on the podcast tonight, but yeah, I tell them to shut up and like talk like my girlfriend. Like, what are they doing? But there's always some drunk idiot in the upper section, eh, Ryan? And also honorable mention to Montreal guys that blow that yes. horn all the time. Yes. But that's more I'm just jealous because I can't do it in, in Regina. So. No, I mean, like, I don't know. I was listening to this other podcast I listened to, and they talk about booing and stuff. Like, I have no problem if you boo the other team. I have no problem if you boo your own team. You shouldn't be harassing a kicker until he deletes his Twitter. Again, Buffalo or oh, any city okay. like that. Like, I mean, like, keep it on the field. Once you leave the stadium, you know, if you want to call into your after show radio show, 
fine if you know if you need to vent but don't attack a guy and his family or or whatever like it's it's like don't put dumb. don't put manure on the guy's lawn no, either it's like, at the end of the day it's a game your life is not like my life did not get significantly better just because the bombers won two of the last four like it, it's nice but eh, like it's not like we got a check it's not like we got our lives changed you know it's not hey so. we both got a ring though yeah, I got some rings, but I mean, those are probably twenty bucks because it gives my hand a rash, whatever metal they put in there. But you know, it's um, the zinc or lead-based paint or something. I'm sure, but uh, oh, I don't know. The fans have been—it's stupid. It, it, oh, and fans who think their team is just perfect—I hate that. Like Winnipeg Jet fans, man, it just. Like, I mean, this year, this year they're kind of right now. But. Now, but we're still gonna get swept first round. Watch it. But you know, it's it's the fans like, oh, this guy's great. This guy's great. When you just when you just think the guy just you know shits gold bricks. It's just no. They're clearly they're, every team has faults. There's no team. One team went undefeated in football, and that's the only perfection I want to talk about. You know, and I mean, other than that, no one's going 82 and 0 in hockey. No one's going 162 in baseball. Let's get over it. Your team has flaws. Oilers yeah. went 14 and 0. Who did? Oilers are 13 and 0. Ah, that's what I mean. But they still have faults too. And, you know, and they're bringing in Corey Perry, who should be decent. So, I mean, whatever. See Jack Campbell. That's all I need to say to them. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, that's pretty much my big thing. The other one also is guys going and uh, running past you back and forth all night. Yeah. Going to the bar. Going to drink, yeah. going to beers, going to do whatever. It, it, you know what? You, you're there to watch a football game. I'm in the front rows for a reason because I really want to watch this game. You better sit down because I'm getting sick of moving every time. You know what I? I what, can. Oh, sorry. you go right. You go right. I, I think I can sum up my whole philosophy and just like do what you want to enjoy the game, but do it responsibly and don't harm somebody else's enjoyment in the way you enjoy it right kind of sums up all of this really and kind of what you're saying as well trey of like it's sports sports is entertainment sports is not a personal thing as a fan right i some more so than others but at the end of the day it's like just enjoy the game right and that's something i've i've personally grown a lot more into in recent years where like Somebody asked me last time, uh, you know, what team do you actually cheer for? Uh, and uh, I'm pretty pumped that that's a question that actually comes up after this many episodes of the podcast because, yeah, I'm a Bombers fan. Like, I, I have season tickets for the Bombers, but I've more so detached myself from caring as much about the result and more so I just want to see a good football game. If they lose in the most dramatic fashion, hey, great day. So, uh, you know, trying to detach that a little bit and, and stop with the death and things like that. Yeah. I was actually thinking about the thing also like, Don't go after refs. Refs don't decide games. Yeah, oh yeah. Players do oh, something okay. to make the ref decide. Or make that the ref was, make a decision. That was going to be my thing if we want to talk like pet peeves. It's uh, it's uh, booing for a flag or complaining that a flag doesn't come out on almost every play when it clearly wasn't a flag. <laughs> And this is one thing that I always see. I I'm I'm like I I sit in the highest possible spot. So on those like kickoff returns, 
and I and they're going crazy, I see that flag like back on the five. So I immediately like I think every idiot in the section who's cheering right now, like I'm like, why are we doing this? But maybe they don't see it. It just happens all the time that the second I see that flag, I I sit down, I'm done. And I always get other guys looking at me like, wait, why is this guy not cheering? And then it's the holding 33 on bombers or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, that's what it is. And it's like, you know, but you don't boo the ref. It's holding, it's holding like the one. I mean, they, they're human. And and if you want to blame anybody, blame the league that we don't just have unlimited replay. You know what I mean? We like, you know, it's not unlimited. It's, it's we're 2024. We can put a, we're trying to put a man on Mars, but we still do first downs with uh, two guys in a chain. Right. Like, and I'm not saying we should change it because the human element makes sports sports. Right. Like, uh, who was it? Was it Maradona got the handball in the world cup? Like that makes the story that we listen to or that San Francisco ball that hit the ground supposedly. Right. Or crazy things like that. It's, it's what we need. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. Like the, the booing every call, like, if you slow down the replay and look at it often enough, like you can find a way to justify almost oh, both yeah. sides of almost every uh, close call there is. And these guys are making the calls in real time. Like uh, the refs don't get enough credit for, for the job they do. And it is a, never a job I would want to do because there is no praise involved uh, in that job. Uh, ref and offensive lineman, two jobs that I will never, uh, never do. I think there's a shortage of just like kids refs right now or kid umpires. I see that in Winnipeg every year. Like it's, it's hard enough being a professional one. If you want your kids, like there's a video today. I was watching something that a dad was booing a 14 year old girls basketball game. Like who's doing that? Like, you know what I mean? I, it's, it's ridiculous. I will and hockey parents. I mean, I've been watching some of them and oh my gosh, like the guy's a senior kid. Like he's already like drinking age or worse. And you're booing him. I mean, what are you doing? Like, it, at this point, it's for rec hockey. It's fun. It's just, and like I say, you go and watch some of these U10, 11, U13 games around the area, and the refs are getting booed mercifully. I mean, here's like what I tell all of our players is don't let the ref decide. Just don't do something stupid to make it. Right. Involved. Right. Then you don't have to worry about any of the refs. I was, just, I, was, oh, I was just I was just talking about it today too. Like, at what age do you kind of like start? Because I was like, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't definitely do kids, like anything under that. But then you start getting into that weird, let's say hockey, like going to a Brandon Wheat Kings game. They're a little bit more pro. Team Canada and the juniors, a little bit more pro. College, hey, some of those guys are getting paid millions in name, image, and likeness and free scholarships. It, it's a tough line, but in and you know. And I was just telling in the group chat, some of these people are getting booed at 16. They should be used to it by 22 in college, you would think. But I would love to be booed. I would love it. Just boo, throw your snowballs, throw your beer cans, and then I'm going to go put up 60 on you. Like that's, you know, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, like, I mean, refs, I mean, they're getting booed at the U13 level because, you know what, kids are possibly going to get drafted at that point to Bantam or get drafted into the dub or whatever, right? See, I'm the I biggest mean, trash talker and slow pitch. Somebody was mad at me, and I made the game-winning catch, so I pretend to sign the ball and give it to her. Because <laughs> she was mad that I yeah, I slid at her by act. I, I didn't slide right, so this girl was mad at me. And I'm like, well, don't play co-ed ball if you don't want to get bumped at second base, right? So then she was booing me the rest of the game. 
So I was like, here's the ball. That would have been a maximum <laughs> fine from the NFL uh, on that one. Oh, uh, and and all of this talk, like, on the other side of things, like, totally understand the passion for sports, uh, for people as well. And sports for a lot of people is, like, a relief from, like, everyday stress and things like that as well. I totally get that. And, like, that's definitely fine to do, to be passionate about your sports teams and that. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, it, it'll be okay. It will be okay uh, if your sports team loses. Uh, and uh, enjoy the ride. Our team lost here in Winnipeg for 29 years straight. You'll oh, find yeah. a championship eventually, and it will be great. Yeah, and the, we lost our hockey team. We lost, you know, it's all okay. It, it all comes back. You know, yeah, you always get your team back. Don't worry. Right, Winnipeg? Yep. I don't uh, want to lose the gold eyes. I like the I like the gold eyes. The gold eyes. They're still going strong. Oh, yeah. uh, do we want to do NFL picks? To oh, yeah. Let off? me just. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Uh, what is the first? The first game's the NFC, right? Uh, San uh, San Fran hosting Detroit, and then it's uh, KC going into Baltimore. We're not doing lines; just straight out money line. Boy, oh boy. Um, I mean, the, the script's already been leaked. We know the logo color. We saw that. Did you see that picture of that news report or whatever that had it already on? We know what it's going <laughs> to be. But uh, if anything, I think the NFL should do an audible and have the uh, Eminem Taylor Swift Bowl, right? And they have a rap battle. And, of course, uh, the rap god uh, Mom Spaghetti will win. Um, but I'll take Detroit. I'm going to take Detroit over San Francisco. And I will take Baltimore over Kansas City. If 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 it's not rigged, um, I'll take that. Ryan, you were here last week. So what do you got? Uh, I think I went. No, I was two and two. I was, thought I was three and one because I thought Buffalo had it. And uh, I think I was garbage uh, last week again. My picks have not been great in the playoffs so far. And then I thought Green Bay had it too. Both of my losses were heartbreakers, really. So, who did Detroit play again? Detroit played Tampa. Oh right, yes. Uh, it was an eight-point victory on that one, I think. Um, I'm gonna go with San Francisco on this one. They've been they've been too good all year long. It seems like teams are having a hot, tough time stopping them. Brock Purdy gets it done. Yeah, they look human against Green Bay, though. That's what I mean. Green yeah. Bay almost had them, and I think Detroit's better than Green Bay, but maybe another week. Yeah, I'm going to go with San Fran there, and I'm going to take Kansas City again. I'm going with the Mahomes magic in the playoffs. Uh, he's too good in the, in the playoffs. He gets it done. They, I wasn't pleased with how they played all season, but I, I think he – it's one of those things where you see that in sports the same teams make it deep year after year, and it just becomes an experience thing more often than not, right, of, of playing in big games like that, and they've been money. So uh, – yeah, I'm going to take Kansas City uh, to go to the Super Bowl here. I'm going to go with the two quarterbacks that I think were destined to make the Super Bowl this year. I know the colors won't match, uh, but I'm going to take the Detroit Lions because Jared Goff really has looked amazing this year all all throughout. He wants his vengeance. He wants to show the Rams where where what they're missing. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Detroit uh, Lions. Plus, I really, really want to see that fan base win a, win a Super Bowl. Detroit may not exist after that. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also, I want to see Tim Allen out there with Eminem. That'd be hilarious. Anyways, uh, on the other side, I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. 
I just think that they're a really good defensive team. They aren't like that team that took them all the way to the Super Bowl that year uh, and won it for them, but they're a very good defensive team. Uh, I don't know. Someone's got to switch with Mahomes. I think this is the year that uh, the Magic finally starts to die, uh, especially on the road. So, yeah, even the Ravens give me the uh, Lions. All right. So we, so, yeah, me and Adam aligned. Ryan, you went complete opposite. So, well, congrats. You guys are going 2 0. So, uh, <laughs> that trend continues so, that's most likely the case. So, Trey, are you following wrestling any amount? Because Royal Rumble weekend. I'm not a wrestler, man. I can't do it because it's fake. I can't do it. At least all I other sports. the rock winning it. At least all other sports, they pretend it's real. You know what I mean? And, and stuff. But, uh, no, I had a bad weekend in UFC. I went all like every Canadian male lost, and it was like oh. rough. Where when we ever, I think in Vancouver, Canadians were six and zero, oh, and then we were two and seven this time. So I didn't do too. But I got the final fight right, which is the main. Interesting chant at that one. Uh, yeah, bring it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to know the- where I want to know where Strickland got that shirt he was wearing. Uh, if you haven't seen that, so let's oh, I seen it. <laughs> That guy's crazy, man. Like, I don't... It's crazy. Anyway. I don't know like, what you guys oh, are talking about. He's just the biggest nut job ever, and the UFC promotes guys like that, and that's where it loses me. I, I don't mind the two guys in the octagon battling it out, but we don't need to be talking about people's families and wives, and uh, it's just... Make Canada Great Again t-shirts. And, oh, great. And uh, the best one, he's like, oh, I'm surprised they let me have a microphone in Canada or something. I was like, yeah. So it's just, when you get these Americans on their First Amendment, it's fun. <laughs> on that note, let's wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, we'll probably be back again next week. Yeah, We're sure. kind of going weekly, heading uh, up towards free agency because we have a lot of news to talk about every week. Uh, so look forward to another episode uh presumably again uh one week from now uh and we're getting ready for free agent frenzy 2024 february 13th 9 a.m to 5 p.m central time eight hours of live coverage and analysis of the opening of cfl free agency 2024 uh we'll be live on all of our different video platforms uh youtube facebook twitter twitch uh, the game time tv youtube page for that as well also trying to see if I can rig it up. I know I got some questions. Can we uh, get a, just an audio feed going uh, for folks who uh, can listen to audio only for the live stream? Uh, I will see what I can make happen, but uh, might have some technical limitations on that. Uh, but we'll see what we can do on that. But yes, look forward to that. Join us there. Help us spread the news as well. Uh, you know, we put a lot of work into organizing this and planning it every year. Uh, and it's a, it's a very long day, so help us spread the news, get more people uh, joining us, uh, and it'll be more fun uh, with the chat flowing throughout the day where you can leave your comments and questions there for us as well. Uh, so that's what's coming up in the near future. Of course, uh, I'll be there. Mike should be joining us for that as well, uh, and we've got our two insiders, Trey and Adam, who will be doing a lot of work behind the scenes and on camera here and there as well, but... Uh, yeah, looking forward to going through that on the 13th. Uh, in the meantime, check out the Discord community as well. I post the CIA links to the CFL news every time I see one. Uh, I post them in the CFL channel there. There's chatter going on around it there as well, so you can check that out. 
Uh, there is a link in the episode description to join the Discord community and all the fun we have over there. And of course, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us there on X as well at CF Countdown Pod, Facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod. Also, um, you can find me on Twitter at Cooper Trooper 42. Mike is at Mike Garrell. And speaking of our two insiders here, Trey and Adam, uh, Trey, starting with you, where can people find you? If I'm at Trey the Hardest Link for all your, I uh, really don't post too much football insider stuff, but UFC and horse racing stuff. So yeah, that's where you can catch me at. For Adam, buddy, what do you got going on? Hockey? How's the how's our Buffaloes doing? Well, big win last weekend, six nothing yeah. against the uh, Churchbridge Imperials. Nice little shutout from our uh, backup goalie Adam Stokes. So that was kind of cool. Uh, big weekend though. We got the Swan Valley uh, Axemen. Almost said Stampeders. That's MJHL. Uh, but uh, no, uh, gonna be a big game against the Axemen this weekend, and then off to Wapella to play the Blackhawks. Uh, three games left in regular season, then it becomes the real challenge playoffs start. And we've got provincial playoffs coming up against the Central Butte uh Flyers, which I know everybody on this podcast knows where Central Butte is. Oh, yeah, it's, it's somewhere in the middle, right? Central, actually, it really is. Um, there we go. Just north of Moose Jaw. Anyways, uh, so yeah, we got that for Provincials coming up. Uh, oh, you say that have... Butte? I've always called it Central, but I know what you're talking about. That's funny. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even kidding. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Chandra, Chandra, we go and, we go and play the Buttes uh, <laughs> from Central. So we play them on the 10th, I think, in Theodore, and then uh, go out there. for It's the best of three, all these Provincials. So so that'll be fun. So you can follow me all for that at AdamSword1. Or if you really want to board and really want to follow the senior team, it's at Theodore Buffs. What the heck? Throw us a follow there if you get a second too. And uh, if you want to see Adam build his farm and farming simulator, spam him on social media <laughs> at AdamStuart1 to convince him to, to start streaming that for us as well. You, you really don't want to see that. <laughs> I'm not a, tr- I'm not a uh, professional coach like Trey. I'm just saying. Yeah. I got to get my UFC up. I didn't do that this weekend, so definitely some this week. Yeah, we'll get back to the CFC Madden cast at some point here as well uh, throughout the offseason uh, once we find the time when there's not this slam of uh, CFL news every week. Uh, we'll get more episodes of that if you check out the YouTube channel. Uh, also, check out all the other great shows we're affiliated with, the uh, Canadian Football Podcast Network. Uh, you can find at CF Pod Network on Twitter, all the shows there. Uh, make sure you check out the Alternative Football Network as well, alternativefootballnetwork.com, at the official AFN on Twitter slash X. Um, whatever podcast platform you are listening on or watching on, we appreciate if you do all those fun things. Leave a like, a comment, a subscription, uh, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. We always appreciate that very much. On behalf of Adam and Trey, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.